Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Keep It Open podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mitchell. And Mitchell, why don't you kick us off with an Is It Rude? All right, Aaron, I will, I will. So today's Is It Rude is, is it rude to tell a stranger when they have something in their teeth? Hell no. (laughs) That is a common courtesy, man. That's a common courtesy? That is a common courtesy, hands down. (laughs) Not even remotely rude. If anyone takes that as someone being rude, and I know people do, you got to stick up your ass. Fuck that. Yeah, no. I want to know if I got something in my teeth, man. If I'm walking around, like, dude, my mom, she, like, growing up, she had, like, a piece of salad stuck in her teeth. We're like, ma, she's like, oh, thank you. You know what I mean? So yeah, from a young age, yeah, like yeah, I was, yeah. I was always like, "Oh, I'm helping you out." You know. <laughs> likewise, likewise. I can't. I'm trying to think of a scenario where where that is rude. Um, I and I, I mean, some people. What, what listen, if you're on stage? What if you're on stage giving like a speech or something, and someone's like, "Hey, you I got some like stuff you, in even, your teeth." I think even more so. <laughs> I think even more so. You'd want to get it out of your teeth if you're giving a speech. But no, I mean, listen, dude. Like I said, some people they have a stick up their ass, right? Like you tell them they got yeah. something in their teeth, they're like. Ah whatever like okay yeah. all right yeah. man you can let that piece of arugula live in there uh, whatever fuck you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah i think it's funny that yeah. those stringy green vegetables always <laughs> stick in your teeth it really so is man it really fucking is but yeah no i mean let us know what you think in the comments below but i don't think that's rude at all i think you're doing some right. common courtesy yeah. yeah i agree i agree easy that's an easy one that's an easy today, one that's an easy one listen <laughs> we got a pretty heavy topic to discuss today so we, we did a freebie there <laughs> uh mitch do you want to take us into uh today's discussion yeah man so so today we're you know with with everything going on between uh ukraine and russia yeah um you know our hearts and and prayers go out to them uh both sides really i mean i know there are a lot of people i've seen in on uh russian you know social media that yeah uh you know don't really support the war at all and um and of course, Ukraine does not either. But really, we're going to be talking about uh, the um, importance of crypto in yes. in the, this war yep. in particular. So I kind of wanted to start it out with a story. I'll, I'll include this link down below but to, to this article. But essentially, this article is about this gentleman who is uh, Ukrainian, and he was actually visiting, I think, uh, Kazakhstan hmm. uh, when when the war first broke out. And so uh, you know, he was riding in a taxi one day and his card got declined for the taxi. And so this was at the end of February, whenever the, the invasion from Russia had started. And this, that's when this guy found out he had lost all access to all of his money, basically any account, any credit, any credit cards, any debit cards, everything was not accessible for him. Uh, whether that was, you know, because he was not in Ukraine at the time or because the banks had shut it down. I don't, I don't know the exact reason. I don't know if it mentions it here, but what it does mention is that he was one of, of, you know, over 5 million uh, Ukrainians who um, lost, or, sorry, millions of Ukrainians who lost access to their, their money following the invasion. So just like back in the great depression, here in the in the United States, yep. uh, the banks, you know, stopped uh, stopped allowing people to take money out of the banks at that yep. time. Um, whenever things were shutting down and there was there were bank runs, people were running, you know, Hold literally running to the bank, pulling, yep. yeah, pulling cash out. And so similarly, he was trying to pull money out, just trying to use money, and um, had no access via any of the cards, any online accounts, or anything. And then, uh, you know, going one step further, it looks like the central bank in um, in kind of the eastern eastern region of Ukraine, um, you know, limited citizens to withdrawing only one hundred and thirty dollars a day. So, you know, if you had thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in there, you can only get, you know, just a fraction of that. Right. 
And then, and then, you know, a lot of anecdotes of people not being able to withdraw at all. So anyway, um, in comes crypto. And so this guy yep. in the article, you know, he's a, he was a photographer and he owned a little bit of crypto. And so what he was able to do is find a crypto ATM in Kazakhstan and pull out some of our cash out, rather some wow. of his crypto um, for, for cash and then able to use that. So now, you know, the war has been going on for a couple of weeks now and he's been, you know, selling photographs as NFTs to make some money and doing other things while he's out of the country yeah. um, to try to try to make some money and then do it in a way that, and he opened a bank account in Kazakhstan now because the Ukrainian banks just won't allow him to, to take out money. So um, kind of crazy, but I just kind of wanted to it open is. it up for, uh, you know, as cryptocurrency plays a bigger role. Um, and I know Ukraine got a bunch of donations yeah. um, in, of Bitcoin. And so they've got a lot of donations. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for the uh, the anecdote. And I mean, that's crazy. Can you imagine, right? Like you're you're going about your, your daily life and then a conflict erupts in your country and all of a sudden you can't access your funds. I mean, that is so yeah. critical, right? Like, especially during a military conflict, like you need to buy supplies, you need to have your money so you can travel or, you know, whatever might happen. Like that's, that's pretty fucking scary. So- you know, yeah, I think the first thing frightening. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I want to uh, acknowledge is, uh, you know, the the power of cryptocurrency in that sense of being a decentralized, you know, money market, basically. Um, yeah. That is a really helpful thing. And that is a really helpful thing for all kinds of reasons. And I think we see it here with his example of, you know, he had some money vested in, in coins and he was able to convert that to fiat currency and, you know, use it in the real world. Um, yeah. And, and I hate to. I guess to I guess to put it in this in the context of the war, I kind of hate to say yeah. it, but a lot of cryptocurrency proponents are really, um, for lack of a better term, kind of licking their chops at this. They're saying, oh, yeah. "Well, you know, this is totally you know a decentralized currency here yeah. Yeah. that can now be used." And look, look what's happening in this country. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if you had some cryptocurrency? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that was mentioned in one of the articles, and I think it goes without saying that all the you know crypto nerds out there that are super jazzed on the on the whole thing and, and the transformation it's doing to society, they're like, "Yeah." this is our moment crypto warriors you know right. we're kind of gonna right. come save the day and and listen i think you know at, at the same time like yeah they're gonna toot their own horn a little bit like but but it's also you know uh ukraine's raised more uh than 59 million dollars to date i believe i think they passed over a 60 million um in total donations received from cryptocurrency and that's awesome that's great um yeah. you know it's one of those things where you know it's it's basically civilian funded right like banks aren't having to get involved centralized financial institutions don't even need to touch these transactions it's citizens corporations i mean whoever owns the freaking wallet you can send over money um and you know but the the funny thing is here that i want to mention again is you know we're not fully on the blockchain right that that valuation of 59 million 60 million dollars in, in total donations through cryptocurrency whether it's nfts or coins um it's still being converted back into a fiat currency you know it's still it's still the value of these coins is still against you know yeah government backed US money dollar yeah us right, dollar or, yeah whatever it is so, I, so I was wondering what do you i mean do you now, so if I'm the Ukrainian government and I just got, you know, $60 million in Bitcoin or something, uh, what, do you cash that out for Ukrainian dollars or would you do you do like an exchange for you know, US dollars or something like interesting. that? I'm not 100% money? sure uh, exactly how they're they're cashing it out. I believe in one of the articles, um, you know, it, it, it says that they are cashing it out for, um, 
a fiat currency here and and there's been a, a bank that's been uh accepting it yeah, um because you can't buy a tank with uh with bitcoin, with a bitcoin right <laughs> unless the person unless the the company that is selling unless the, the tank wants bitcoin, to accept right. it right and, right. and that yeah, is more fair. and that's the thing that's interesting interesting right is that you know cryptocurrency <laughs> while it's super high tech and kind of like the next frontier of digital finance and even potentially personal finance uh it's still kind of like a handshake deal right like yeah you yeah. have the other the two parties have to agree that bitcoin or you know whatever crypto that you're going to trade has value it has value and and you're and willing to willing accept, to accept it as a as a valuable currency and so you know it's just it's a really interesting moment for for cryptocurrency right now and so yeah i mean shit i mean if i was selling tanks i'd probably be the type of person to accept bitcoin <laughs> to be honest with you if i'm selling yeah. you know yeah. it's probably easier to find somebody some institution that sells like food yeah. or something like that that takes yeah. bitcoin right and uh right because there are a lot more people who make food than uh than tanks so. exactly <laughs> exactly um you know and then so uh everyone that's made donations there was um there was this promise ukraine was gonna uh airdrop crypto donors a free token of a newly created <laughs> asset um, which is pretty common uh, with with these kinds of startups. Um, but then there was some uh, assholes on the Internet that created a fake one. And uh, it spooked the government so bad that they completely scrapped it. And so oh, really, everyone that was kind of promised this this airdropped uh, token um, kind of got left holding the bag. But that kind of just real Dang. quick, I just want to touch on, you know, because I think we've mentioned it before, right, that like the space of cryptocurrency and the metaverse and digital assets, NFTs, there is a lot of scammers. There's a lot of people with ill intentions in that space, just, just like in the real world. And, you know, it's unfortunate that even in, you know, a crisis like this, where, you know, this government is reaching out for help, citizens around the world are, are responding, and these guys have to come in and try to scam, you know, <laughs> a humanitarian yeah. effort. And it's yeah. just like, come on, like, dude, that's like the same. It's like scam it's like the Silicon the Valley, bro. Yeah, yeah, dude, like go scam some company out in Silicon Valley. They probably already got enough money from their VC anyway. They don't need more. Like, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I guess we're we're just like on the the moral tangent now. But yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like if you have the ability to like create a scam like that, I feel you could probably like do. <laughs> So you could do some good with, in the you could world, probably right? Probably better or with like your make time. a lot of money, you know, like like at a yeah. job or something. Which, but I guess maybe yeah, if you're that, smart that enough. scam is is what they enjoy. I mean, yeah, um, I mean, but, hey, you know, birds of a feather um, flock together, man. And and they yeah. these people is that they, illegal? Oh Wait. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. To do to yeah. do what they did, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, that'd, that'd be uh, that'd just be fraud, right? It's, it's fraud. Yeah, hundred percent. But again, it's a gray yeah. area, right? Because so much is still kind of gray and not, um, you know, uh, hasn't been identified or put into writing in terms of like regulation globally. Yeah. I guess that's what least. I mean. Like, what about like a? And if if this is just ignorant, I mean, I apologize. <laughs> but it, like, what about GoFundMe? If you created a fake GoFundMe, that's fraud, and made like, oh, okay, yeah, so it's fraud. You, it's fraud okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so that's a that's a line in the sand all right all right um so like people people have done stuff like that on gofundme before but like you always have to be very careful with those projects and and basically that's like all these rug pulls that have happened in crypto and nft projects yeah, yeah. like those are the ones that you have to be careful of and so like the red flags are you know the people that are propping up the venture if they're not up front and in front of it you know very active on social media being the face of the project like if you're looking at a project and you don't know who's running it or there's mm -hmm. like a lot of weird, like kind of like confusion around like 
the origins or the outcomes or you know project timelines and deliveries and you know the roadmap of the project if if all that stuff kind of is is in the dark then it's probably a scam like mm-hmm. and so i think that's the same thing yeah. kind of goes with like gofundmes or kickstarters or anything like that it's like it happens right. and and a lot of the time it is illegal but getting all that evidence and tracking those people down like yeah it's like impossible it's super right? hard if they do it right yeah it's super too super tough <laughs> okay a tangent for your tangent have you seen the the youtuber who i, I forget what they're called but they go after scammers yeah like, like they'll they'll play yeah. into the scammers like the, like uh, the phone guys emails and, 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 and like or yeah. the phone yeah, 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 yeah have you seen the guy on twitch that does that i have not he does it live seen... he does it really? live yeah yeah That's yeah, awesome. yeah. He, it's so, really good i forget his name right now but it's really for the funny listeners, if you haven't checked it out like some of these guys will you know take over the scammers computers while they're you know yeah. either emailing or chatting or on the phone with them and like get access to their cameras or like yep you know take my or like basically take control of their whole computer and scare them off so it's it's a it's a great time it's pretty funny yeah <laughs> scamming yeah. a scammer um yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah so i mean you know recentering the conversation back onto ukraine and, and what crypto's done i mean just at a high level right like they've been able to purchase things that they need for this conflict and you know it, it's been helpful right they've purchased something i think some of these numbers are like 5500 bulletproof vests uh almost 500,000 packed lunches um, ballistic plates, uh, thermal imagers and optics, uh, medicine, uh, helmets, walkie-talkies. I mean, you know, they're spending this stuff on, on things that they need to, you know, fund their, their resistance against Russia. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's a good thing that this is possible, right? Because, you know, in the past, I mean, everything would have had to be funneled through uh, a bank, a banking yeah. system like yeah. PayPal. exchanges or, or something. You know. Yeah, exactly. A decentralized yeah, it's platform. It's, um... No one has a say. It's just... I'm sending money to you and right. it goes across the blockchain and it's done. That's it. Right. Yeah. There's right. No and anybody can support or... from around the world yeah. now. Right. Like it's yeah. like uh, the universal language, universal currency, right. It's all kind of um, as if we were all living in under one financial system. Um, and, and in fact, there is no system. It is just, um, it's kind yeah. of the wild west. So. Right. Exactly. And I think one point that was made in an article here uh, on the Washington post is, you know, Bitcoin is better spent on bulletproof vests than on board ape NFTs. And I, mm. you know, well, I don't like <laughs> saying that, you know, spending any money well, on violence. Might argue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so I don't, I don't really want to support that statement in its entirety because, you know, I, I, it'd be great if we just had a utopia with people where people didn't want to fucking kill each other um or you know be egotistical maniacs and and take over a country um and i'm not just talking about russia um i mean it happens it's happened globally throughout history uh but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what i what i'm trying to get at is there are better ways to use cryptocurrency than just a highly priced nft that affords you the luxury of being invited to like yacht parties and exclusive events and you know bumping shoulders with big names that also have the same token as you like it, it can be better used than just being part of a fucking exclusive club and i think that's yeah. what they're trying to yeah. say in few words but to expand it it's like bitcoin being used in a humanitarian effort is certainly a much better use than some of the things that it's currently used for and so <laughs> that's fair you know, you know uh, what i mean yeah that's fair i mean it's no different than than saying like cash though right like right cash is um cash or, or even digital um 
digital money that's right. not really physical cash right like yeah yeah it can be used for all these different reasons but of course is used for the transaction of of goods that people need yeah uh, same with crypto i mean like at first it kind of was just like how do we buy these um you know digital art hanging on a wall uh but now <laughs> right like this is some yeah. this is some real real benefit that people right are exactly and i mean you know nfts are taking Helps on an argument quite a bit yeah know? definitely and nfts you know are, are playing a smaller role but still Playing a role, uh, Russian artist collective Pussy Riot uh, launched an NFT of the Ukraine flag that raised six point seven million. Um, mm. And so, you know, now um, Ukraine is accepting NFTs that are going to help finance. Uh, you know, these NFT projects are projects to help finance. Yeah. Um, you know, their resistance. And so, it's really interesting to see how this stuff is kind of playing in. And it's it's really good that Ukraine was uh, equipped for this. Um, they actually have a very strong. Uh, development tech community over there, um, you know, that work remotely for Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies. Um, yeah, so they yeah. were ready to, you know, set this infrastructure up to actually yeah, as ready as they could be, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily they were. I mean, you know, $60 million is a lot of money. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's definitely, you know, if they weren't able to receive this stuff, I mean, you know, they could find, them, find themselves in a pretty, I mean, they're already in a fucked up spot, but let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 As of, as of today, when we're recording this, I think um, I think Kiev's um, so a lot of residential areas are starting to get um, bombed, actually, which yeah. is um, which is really scary to see. So it's it's awful, man. I mean, it's abs- excuse my phone. Um, it's it's absolutely awful. You know, I mean, I've been trying to keep up with it, and uh, you know, it's just <laughs> it's terrible, man. Uh, yeah. I, not, not not really anything good that comes out of it. No. You know, we've we've gone through war and in, in our childhood and upbringing with, you know, the um, uh, Iraq war, Afghanistan and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I think now, you know, what's so uh, visceral about it is just the quality of the footage. I mean, every day. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, seeing, exactly, you know, relatively HD, sometimes full HD uh, yeah. footage. And these are not news companies. A lot of the time, these are the citizens or soldiers. Yeah. And, and you're seeing a, an up close and personal view of, of what this really looks like. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too dark here because, you know, we're also not a political podcast and I don't want to end up sounding like an ass, but <laughs> I mean, it really, it's, it's, it's a really, um, eye-opening, uh, perspective this conflict showing what yeah what this really yeah. looks like you know well i would say even like in the past when media covered it right yeah they, they have to tell a story right uh and the media has to not necessarily choose a side but typically they're pushing a side right they're pushing a narrative yeah. and uh right they're pushing some narrative um and they show you what they i mean not all the footage that they have they only show you what they want to show you exactly that's all you had access to was on yep. the tv but now we're seeing yep. i mean i saw this uh, this video the other day of somebody videotaping um like the the i can't remember who was doing it maybe the military but they were removing a missile from a residential home that hadn't exploded yep and the person was filming it like hd i mean it was on tiktok right it wasn't yeah. even on uh yeah. you know nbc or yeah. fox or anything like that and um it, w- it was insane to see that and of course everything else around it was in rubble like yeah. it, it was just um it was just insane to see that but I guess what I'm getting at is is that there's no narrative push. Like we can exactly, see it's just everything. Yeah, it's unfiltered, and it's just you get these snapshots of of what's occurring without a narrative, right? Yeah. And so yeah. whether that's good or bad, I mean, it, you know, I think for the most part, I would say it's a positive thing because we're just seeing what's happening. It's not it's not being spoon fed to us like, oh, let's show them this, 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 and then not this, this, this. Like, 
Yeah. We're just seeing it all. And so, you know, I think that's also kind of in tandem with cryptocurrency being such a, a powerful financial force in this conflict, you know, the power of technology and connectiveness, right? Like that is the power of the age we live in with not just currency, but with our technology, right? Like being able to instantly upload a high quality video for the world to see and to be yeah. able to instantly receive money from across the world instantly. You know, it's, it's, that's the, the main thing for me that's really, you know, played a part in, in experiencing this is we're so far away, Mitch. You know what I mean? Like this in yeah. Europe, this is a much more direct concern. Right. And right. of course there's right. a lot of sensationalized news and, and stuff in America about Russia and their intentions in the future and sure. you know, what could yeah. happen and what might happen. And that's all valid. Um, but you know, for people in Europe, this is an immediate concern. I mean, this is their back door, Eastern Europe, you know what I mean? So for us, like, you know, being able to kind of consume this (laughs) via the internet, it's like, it's almost surreal. You know, it's like when you watch these videos, thousands of miles away. Yeah. And we're, we can donate. We can, I mean, we can at least feel like we're helping. Yeah. Um, Let's try to help. I mean, so I I do think that the the donations um, are helping hearing what, what they're being spent on. Right. Yeah. I've donated for humanitarian cause. Like I said, again, like I don't, I'm not a pacifist per se, but I also like, I'm not a supporter of Hmm. violence, man. Like, you know, I, I own a gun, but I go to the range. I don't want to use that shit on anybody. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a violent person. And so, you know, I like to support the humanitarian efforts. So food, clothing water you know stuff that helps people survive this time like that's the stuff that i want to donate towards um yeah you know the militant side of things is like i don't know man (laughs) but uh yeah (laughs) it's a tough conversation man talking about this stuff you know when you really put it in perspective and you try to think about you know being in 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 the shoes of the people that are putting these videos up i mean it's fucking terrifying like it's scary man yeah dude um and you know even uh back to kind of sending money anywhere in the world what that made me think of really is I'm trying. I I, th- I remember the days where my uh, my family used to send money overseas to to other family in yeah. um, in Vietnam, and we'd have to go through like uh, I, I think a money order is what we went yep. through. It might have been something even more uh, prohibitive, but we basically had to go to a bank or something, and like took like a week to get there or whatever. Um, oh yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure it was even at that time it was digital too, but it still took forever to like get there and process the transaction uh, and yeah right and there's like a limit on the amount you could send over like yeah i mean if you had uh venmo like i i guess i guess venmo wouldn't do the currency uh transaction or different currencies but um but what, yeah with like a crypto wallet or something right you could send boom send some bitcoin or ethereum over and it's over then they just, and you just cash it out you just sell it on a, it out, on a yeah. marketplace you can find and an atm yeah yeah you find an atm bitcoin or you ATM. just you just sell it and then you give cash in your wallet and then you just send that cash to your bank and then boom you know or yeah. like you said you find a crypto atm and then right there it's you know directly into your pocket so um crossing the conversation over a little bit into kind of these sanctions and talking about these big companies um and the role that they play in kind of this decentralization aspect um of of news and information and, and money um so social media in russia has uh been almost completely banned so instagram uh facebook Did instagram pull out uh, uh, they've been banned like yeah instagram's yeah. banned oh, facebook, oh so they didn't pull out i forgot i i think no, i read that wrong because no. i thought instagram was 
you know, like a lot of companies are oh, kind yeah. of doing the uh, uh, pulling out of Russia, stopping operations, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they're banned. Okay. Yeah. So Instagram got banned along with Facebook and Twitter, uh, which I mean, it's not surprising that Facebook, uh, you know, uh, well, Instagram got banned because it's a subsidiary of Facebook or Meta. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But the decision came after Meta said it would not censor users in countries calling for violence against Russians and Russian soldiers in the context of the Ukraine invasion. Um, and it would the, not censor. Yeah. Users. Yeah. And okay. so the meta president, so that so they are uh, Russia's mad that they wouldn't censor, censor, yeah, because they want okay, they want Russia to be painted in a better light, right? And, yeah, and so meta president okay. uh, yeah. Nick Clegg said it was about protecting people's rights to free speech and expression of self defense. Um, mm. So WhatsApp, however, is still in service, um, mm. so that's interesting. Um, but it's interesting to see how this is starting to play out so apple pay and google pay were restricted um in russia because of sanctions and again Mm -hmm. this plays into what some of the crypto platforms have been answering from you know uh some some pressures from outside from the world so like binance and coinbase and stuff like that um they've been asked to you know uh sanction russia and disable their service there and basically you know the ceos or the leaders of these of these companies said you know we're not going to do that because this is not about a government you know uh objective or agenda like people Hmm. need access to this need that and for example with your anecdote at the beginning of the show you know this guy if if they'd shut down crypto in in ukraine or in kazakhstan or wherever he was then he would literally have been up creek without a a paddle you know like yeah, he's completely screwed. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I see what they're getting at in terms of, you know, the value of, of that decentralized network. Um, and, you know, but but to your point, right, Big Macs are selling for thirty six dollars online because McDonald's <laughs> pulled out of Russia. Like, wow. <laughs> so there's some interesting stuff. And then also the yeah. ruble has lost one third of its value since the invasion. Right. So mm. I, I did the conversion earlier today. One American dollar is worth just over a hundred Russian rubles. That's a mm. pretty insane currency yeah. conversion. One to a hundred, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that that you know, and you bring up a good point about so like Binance or like Coinbase, yeah. these other um, exchanges, wallets or brokers or exchanges, right? Yeah. That so though while while bitcoin itself and ethereum itself is not regulated those companies are still exactly. US companies they are so, regulated right right so it's i well, i always wonder see. like the wallets right the wallets are without the wallets you can't you have no you can't uh, yeah. access right so. yeah and so we'll have to see in the future if you know these sanctions really get pushed really hard onto these exchanges and they and they can't avoid it um right. but for right now you know again Putin's agenda, without going too deep into the politics, is not oh, all of the Russian. I know. <laughs> Putin's agenda is not all of Russia's agenda. And right. so, right. you know, the thing that I'm talking about here is if I was a Russian citizen that had that wanted nothing to do with this war. Right. I don't want to be there. I don't want my people there. What the hell is going on? And my currency has dropped in value so heavily. Hopefully I have some crypto because yeah. that saves me. Right. And if yeah. the exchange is shut down, then again, I'm in the same position of being, you know, shit out of luck. So, yeah. you know, th- I, I have some empathy for the Russian people in in that sense. You know, hopefully they're able to hopefully they have some cryptocurrency. You know, people have made investments and can spread it around their friends and family. 
to help through that time because i mean dude one american dollar to a hundred rubles i mean that's that's yeah. that's crazy like people's net worth has just like plummeted yeah um and, so, and for the ukrainians like i hope that hope that you have some crypto because i don't know that you have an economy anymore unfortunately you know like yeah like there's the central bank is like you know yeah. gonna be yeah gonna be taken over here and um yep and all those assets are gonna be wiped away yeah. i mean if it's not i mean whether it's literally if you own real right. estate or something it's right. literally going to be wiped away or yeah. or um metaphorically and yeah in the form of you know cash or or digital money so yeah um yeah it's crazy man it is it is and so you know the silver lining in all of this is that there are ways around these sanctions on both sides to help the people that are indirect or also still direct you know uh directly being affected by this conflict, right? Like the Russian citizens are somewhat indirect because the conflict isn't in their land, but if they're not supporters of this war and they're just trying to live their lives, you know, they need the access to a crypto exchange yeah. because it can save them financially. And people in Ukraine, they need access to these cryptocurrencies and NFTs to help fundraise this resistance. So all around, you know, that uh, to me, that is a silver lining. And that that's kind of like we said earlier, the 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 crypto nerds and everybody are like, yeah, yeah, we're showing up to save the day. Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, you know, like this is the pivotal moment, right? This shows the world that, you know, the crypto exchange, the blockchain network can, you know, provide something, you know, very, very valuable aside from just yeah, Board yeah. Ape Club, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and uh, digital art and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> for sure. You know, this situation sure, definitely is going to develop. Obviously, again, if you guys want to donate uh, to Ukraine, we'll put some links down below um, if you want to aid in their resistance effort or humanitarian uh, aspect of the resistance. Um, until then, Mitch, what do you think? Should we keep it open? Let's keep it open. Stay safe out there, everybody. Yep. Stay safe, guys. We'll see you next time.